Hello there and welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Sarah from Sarah Faruya Coaching and this is the Legends Podcast. I believe there are many, many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them and share them. These legends are a collection of people who I have found during my 20 years in Tokyo and before. All of them are brilliant people. And when I became bored with reading another billionaire's biography, I thought I want to tell the stories of the people who I meet who are absolutely fascinating, but you won't see on your regular podcast interview. They have overcome obstacles, both systemic and internal, and we cover all kinds of things from creativity, grief, racism, business, disaster, loss, trolling, infertility, farming, eating disorder, eco-feminism, and more. We have elite athletes, people who live on Zen temples in remote parts of Japan, BBC newscaster to Taekwondo champion. Please enjoy these amazing stories from what they've overcome, from what they've built, from what they've created, from the way that they talk. I'm just delighted thinking about it. So please get stuck in and enjoy this next legend. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this Legends podcast. It is... I don't know when this will be released, but it is November 20th, 2020, an auspicious day, perhaps. <laughs> and um, we are in about month nine, I think, of the coronavirus COVID experience that we're all going through at the moment. So I hope everybody's okay out there. I don't know when you're listening to this, um, but you, maybe you can comment and let us know and what, what's happening now. Today, I'm introducing somebody who has been on my wish list for years to interview. Um, we met at one of the clothes swaps that I used to run, and instantly I was drawn to her. She had a, an amazing twin boys with her in the pushchair and just has this kind of glowing energy. And when I went to speak to her, it turns out she went to Liverpool University, and I'm from near Liverpool, so we had this nice connection. But every time I speak to um, Lisa, she just gives me a different perspective and really interesting things to say and always makes me kind of go, mm, whether it be about the down low or just or entrepreneurism versus corporate work. She always just gives me some really interesting insights. And then when we got to know each other better, it turns out she has a very, very interesting background and story, very different to my own but also with overlaps and I just I adore her so I'm so happy to have you here welcome Lisa thank you it's such a pleasure and honestly it's such an honor oh you're so welcome so um I'm gonna do your official uh bio now so Lisa was raised and born in rainy England yeah. <laughs> She moved to China after winning a scholarship via her work at the European Union and was featured in publications such as The Guardian, The Financial Times and others. Brackets, I'm looking at a photograph of her with David Cameron, the former Prime Minister of Britain, right now. She also worked for Arsenal FC, yeah. <laughs> delegating with VIPs. She studied consumer science in Liverpool and then marketing at a business school in Oxford. As a Miss Jamaica UK finalist, she promised to work towards world peace with actual action. This interest led her to Rotary. 
She is the past president of the Rotary Club in Shanghai and a TV presenter and panelist for Japan's long running popular NHK Cool Japan television show. My father-in-law loves that. Yes, so does mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that I've got people who are on it so I could be like I know her. <laughs> and they're always like hmm. <laughs> she is in Japan with her husband who is a Tokyo lad and they're twins identical twin boys is that right identical twin boys only one minute different but their personalities could not be more different amazing they're like she, love <laughs> she loves football tea with milk Star Trek and is learning to love baseball. Maybe I can get some tips on that. <laughs> Please help. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's funny because my husband is name is Suguru, so he's actually named after a Tokyo Giants baseball um, player. So it's kind of like calling it's kind of like calling your um, child David Beckham, or like Steven Gerrard, or Gerrard because of Steven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to go for a Liverpool player. Yeah, of course. <laughs> or Jurgen. I'm sure there's a lot of Jurgens in uh, in yeah. uh, in Liverpool these days as well. Right. Brilliant. So thank you, Lisa. I, I kind of I just kind of want to start talking about you, but actually that's not what we're here for. So I'm gonna first just jump in with our first question, which is tell me about your ancestry, your cultural inheritance, and where you're from and your family background. So my mum is actually from Jamaica and my dad is actually American. It's a bit of a wild story, but my mum used to do pageants and so on. And um, she had a friend and her friend said, oh, let's go down to the base. You know, all the cool looking GIs are there. And my mum was like, oh, no, I cannot deal with those Americans. And her friend was like, come on, come on, you know, let's let's go down, that'll be fun. So they went down there and um, they got in because, you know, they're gorgeous ladies. And um, they, they saw this guy and this guy was standing in the corner, very tall, you know, very good looking. And my mum was like, oh, he probably loves himself. And this guy was like, oh, that girl, she probably loves herself. But they kept asking about each other. And they kept saying, oh, I don't like that guy. Oh, I don't like that girl. But they still kept asking about each other. And then one day um, someone said, you know, is Andre, you know, is Andre there? And um, he wasn't nowhere, anywhere to be found. So my mum took that opportunity to talk about how awful men are, how awful this guy Andre probably is, how stuck up he probably is. And she put a tap on her shoulder and she looked up. And it was Andre, my father, and yeah, they got together. So I've got, um, and he was in the Air Force. So I've got family in America and also family in Jamaica as well. And of course, family in England. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> and which part of America was your dad from? Florida, Miami, Florida. So my parents separated and people would say, are you upset because your parents separated? And I said, no, my dad lives in Miami. It's great. You know, <laughs> every holiday I'd go to Disneyland and, you know, really play up on the part that, oh, daddy, you're over here and I'm over there. And he'd be like, OK, what do you want from Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? That's one of the things I absolutely love about you, Lisa, is you just have this endless optimistic kind of, you know, where other people would find, you know, reasons to be um, 
upset about their situation you always have this really positive outlook tell me where thank I'm wrong you. thank you no I don't know I think it's from my mum because yeah. you grow up in the house and you know I know it sounds cliche but that's how I grew up playing Bob Marley music and reggae and dancing yeah. and in Jamaican culture even if you're 50 or 60 you still go out to the nightclub but it's not seen as a nightclub it's seen as a meeting place where you dance yeah and so there's always this energy even in the darkest times yeah you'll still find humor yeah and I think that's um a very important characteristic that I got from Jamaican culture I feel mm. and how does that influence your life now how <laughs> It influenced my husband's life because now he's worked at Jamaican time. So before, you know, Japanese, because my husband's Japanese, so before he used to be very into, you know, you have to be on time. But now he's worked out, actually, I've seen the Jamaicans and they go really slow <laughs> and nothing really bad happens. Mm. So before he was very punctual, but now he's very, oh, don't worry, it's okay, be calm. And, um, I think it's influenced my life to just be more open and more positive, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. open, positive. Oh, we could all do with a bit of that. And as I'm here <laughs> next year, um so wow, you look fantastic. Oh, it look at the lighting though. I'm going you've, you've got, on you, full you've of got panel that, system. Nine, you've got that 1920s, you know, cinematic, dramatic look. Well, thank you. It. I'm so happy to hear that. But yeah, this is my Kano sister. Do you know the Kano sisters, those Japanese sisters who have had all the plastic surgery and dress up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do they wear the low cut tops? Yeah, they've got the massive bazookas. <laughs> I love them. I yeah, love that them. Awesome. I love how much surgery they've had, how unapologetically hyper feminized they are. Just love them. But they light themselves for the gods. And I'm like, oh. I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> I need to get on that lighting. A bit for, it's just I mean it's good for and to be honest with you it's pure 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 chance that this has happened today as well but um anyway I, I was, I'm sitting in front of the window um and I was hoping I'd get that you know like light but it's actually overcast and cloudy it's better that way because otherwise you could you, it could be too, too bright yeah it can be too bright yeah in fact I am too bright but that I'll go with I'll go with it since you've just given me the cinematic uh yeah you know like like, like Blade Runner I am they have the yeah 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 um, yeah I'm down with that as well so that's what that's what I want to I'm, I'm in for the kind of like carrying on with the with the dancing and the yeah and, <laughs> as we get older but that's it so just so is there quite a strong sense of kind of elders there there's there's different kind of strong sense of elders still being able to participate and things like that no this is it in Jamaican culture you know, um, because you know the saying "black doesn't crack." Yeah. Um, it, it, we don't. We are not stuck down to like conventions yeah. of you have to look and act a certain way. And obviously, my mum's. Even though my mum, my mum's not as conservative as some mums are. You mm -hmm. know, like she's not heavily into the church, mm -hmm. and that's nothing against the church, of course. But it just means, you know, you have some elders who will go to the church and they'll wear their best outfit and they'll look. You know, Jamaican ladies or West Indian ladies when they go to the church, you know, they really make sure they look good. Yeah. Whereas my mum, she'll she'll go she'll go out to a dance, a dance, darling, a dance. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I, 
and she'll still I've I've got so many of her outfits and they're quite risque but not in a how can I explain it not in a um not elegant way it'll be like a dress that goes quite low down at the back you know it's stuff that you look at and it's very nice but you wouldn't believe it's actually from my mum yeah you know she she has an amazing style she's 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 fabulous Oh, you adore your mum. <laughs> I adore my mum, oh. especially now that I have kids. Yeah. I realise what I put her through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So now I realise, yeah, I'm sorry, mum. <laughs> oh. What's yeah. your name then, your mum? What's her name? Merlin, like the magician. Shout out to Merlin. Yeah, yeah, that's my mom. Yeah, she's 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 just so fabulous because she's just like you know she never. That okay, I'll tell you a story. What happened once in Jamaica? They had this huge um, train accident. Oh, I'm I'm jumping. So mm -hmm. one day my mom wanted to go out. You know, everyone was going out. It was the fun place to be, and they used to have parties on trains in Jamaica. And um, so mom really wanted to go to this party because it was just she was just going to come to England because this was in her teens so she was just going to come to England after so this was her chance to have a good time before she had to move to England and um because my mum's from around the Windrush generation although she never came on she never came on the ship the Windrush that carried a lot of people from the West Indies and Jamaica she said I came on a plane darling I came on an aeroplane <laughs> She's like, she's one of the fluffy people. No, I'm like, oh, get you, mum. Going back to the party. Um, so there was going to be a party on a train. Like, how epic is that? And she went to the tailor to get these fitted trousers. And she wanted it like, I think she'd seen like a model, maybe Twiggy. I'm not sure if the, the timeline matches up with Twiggy, but one of those models. And she saw, and she wanted to look just like this person. And she went to the tailor and the tailor kept saying, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So she eventually was like, look, today's the day of the dance. I really want to go. And the tailor said, I haven't done it. And she was so angry. She was like, I'm not going to the party. And everyone was like, Merlin, stop being so silly, just come. And she was so upset that she was just not in the mood. And the thing about the party was her dad would never let her go to a party on a train. So she was going to sneak out of the window and go on this train. And then fast forward, she woke up that morning to news of the epic train, uh, train crash, a huge, terrible train crash. And it would have been the train that she was on. And I think most of the people on that train lost their lives. Mm. So she would have snuck out in the morning her father wouldn't have even known that she passed away mm. and I know it sounds like a random story but she from that I she always said never be upset about disappointment mm. because mm. in effect it can save your life and I've always grown up knowing that story and it's always made me think you know and I know my mum hasn't had the easiest life but she's always tried to carry optimism and love um my grandmother is also amazing but she wasn't very affectionate so my mum was overly affectionate to us and I loved it <laughs> so even though we didn't have the you know the you know the easiest life in terms of 
perhaps financially or whatever it was just great because she really instilled the feeling of appreciation into us yeah <laughs> my mom such a great story i mean it's like from that day onward no no day is taken for granted exactly exactly and if i got upset she would get really annoyed at me and be like why are you upset for shut up yeah. <laughs> And that's you what know? I think about you is that that sense of always just just always this lens like the way that I talk to you it's like I could quite easily take your hand and lead you down a, a victim route with me like oh you know something yeah I can't exactly say what it is like a poor I know, I know. thing and yeah. you always have this this way of turning it round but without ever making me feel like um I was doing that so mm -hmm. it could be anything like I was, I can remember talking to you about something and you, you were like, oh, it's interesting. I was reading this book and then like, I was like, oh my God, this, oh no, you, you get, you shared an experience you had in China with me. We may come to that later. We may not, mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, you experienced, you shared an experience of something similar that happened to you in China and it just shone a light on me on something for me so brightly oh, wow. and I was really 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 it, I think it was when you announced you were getting married to your husband and suddenly yeah. the mood soured and you weren't expecting it yeah and it was against the backdrop of a secret that somebody had been keeping from me and I said I was really upset that this secret had been being kept because yeah it's me and you were like yeah, yeah but you know Sarah but you didn't say it like that you just told that story and I love that this story yeah. and it's the same way you just shared that story with you about your mom there it's like that like I've got goosebumps now thinking about it because it just it's just yeah and it's a very famous train crash because I looked it up mm -hmm. because obviously I believe my mom but you know it's not until you you see it that you're yeah. like oh my oh that's crazy yeah. it's wild and so many people lost their lives and it would have been and her father would never have known you know yeah so wow there there but for the grace of god go on right um so that leads me to the next question there's two questions to this the first one is what prompted your mom to come to the uk um to rebuild the country you know um there's a big tradition not everyone knows about the Windrush, but basically the Windrush was we, people went over to, to Jamaica and they actually asked and said, listen, we want you to come over, you're part of the motherland, because my mother's passport didn't say, it's a Jamaica in tiny letters, but it said Great Britain, you know, it said British passport. So it was really part of the colonies or the Commonwealth. And so people in Jamaica, they felt British, they were British, you know, they, they wanted to give back to the motherland. So people went over to Jamaica and actually recruited them. And they recruited them on the system, much like the Australian system. You couldn't just be any random person and come over. You had to be an engineer or a nurse or some, you had to have some technical element that could be of benefit to England and so my mum my grandmother came over Lisa is this post-war oh sorry this is no this is this is during the war this is during the war time yeah okay. so my mother came so my grandmother came over and then she what they call sent she sent for my um my mother to come over as well I think my grandmother was helping make parachutes wow exactly right and the reason why I say say exactly is because so many people don't realize that 
the black people in England just didn't come on a jolly. Oh, let's just go over to England. Let's have a little bit of <laughs> it's the oh, new oh, see A bit of welfare. <laughs> you know, right? Exactly. And they came over and you know they, they faced so they were coming over to help rebuild the country, but they were coming over to signs like my mum said, that sign, no no blacks, no no, what is it? No dogs no blacks, no Irish were all on the, the sign signage. So it was so difficult for them to even find somewhere to live, you know? So that's why Jamaicans have a big affinity for the Irish and they love them because they were facing a similar struggle, but eventually later on, the Irish were able to assimilate because, you know, you can hide, they could hide in their whiteness, but if blacks obviously stood out, Mm -hmm. and so my mum came over and oh she she went for a lot she went for a lot because people were just wild they they would spit at her they would spit at my sister because there's a um 12 year age gap between me and my sister they'd spit on her but at the same point they'd give her a penny because they're like oh she's so cute so there'd be one grandma spitting on her and there'd be one grandma giving her a penny because they're like oh this cute little brown baby <laughs> so it was crazy and um, she came over to England and she ended up working for the government. So she's been working, so when she came over, she came over in her teens and she started working for the government at 19. So you she's really- You grandma? No, my mum, my mum. Okay. So she's, yeah, she's really been here a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we, she put me into a Catholic school because all the Irish put their kids into Catholic schools and um, she was friends with all the Irish ladies mm -hmm. and um, she had the priest around for tea. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine this little bit of Bob Marley playing in the background <laughs> and the tea and the priest tucking into a bit of jerk chicken and Marks and Spencer's biscuits of course. For the priest. <laughs> for the priest. <laughs> like mum you got the good biscuits out. <laughs> away the rich tea. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that that's another thing we have in common then, because I also went to Catholic school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And the priests yeah. are always the best fun, anyway. You know. Yeah, they were lovely. Like, um, we 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 had the priests, and luckily we didn't have. I can't remember. I only remember a few sisters, like a few nuns. Yeah. But. It, I've only got good memories, luckily, because, <laughs> you know, it can go either way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's another podcast, but yeah, it can go. Yeah. 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 Yeah, same. Uh, it, it's, it's terrible, isn't it, to say, I'm really lucky. That's right. Lucky. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And it's funny, because I actually made the, a baptised or christened the boys at the exact same um, church that I went to. Did you? Because, a little bit naughty because it's an outstanding Ofsted school. You know, it's attached to an outstanding Ofsted school and I wanted the, the boys to go to the school. But I love God also. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but yeah. That but, was, and is, do you know what though, Lisa? That doesn't tell me anything about being naughty. That tells me that you know the system very well. And I know that you do know the system very well because you've been in the system at the very, high, very highest echelons of the system. And you've been close to the people in that system. For example, the prime minister and the other ministers and people who yeah. work for them. So you understand the benefit of that kind of proximity 
to well, this, well, this is it. sometimes it's not even um just how can i explain sometimes it's just being in the proximity of people who minds who are open and who have experienced other things <laughs> all right well that was a fun little appearance from the one of the boys there. <laughs> yeah the boys uh, one of the boys one of the boys who didn't get one of me because I actually can't tell the difference between them <laughs> unless they're right in front of me I think um so um you mentioned there that your grandmother came over during the war um mm -hmm. the Windrush generation is that right yeah so um, basically the Windrush generation was um when it was during the war or even before the war they needed people to serve whether it actually be so they needed actually people to serve in the army and the RAF. So there were actually Caribbean and Indian and many other countries, countrymen who fought in the war or they fought or they fought to keep the home front safe. Yeah. So what they would do is they would either like my grandmother make the parachutes or they would help with the buses because the buses still need to be ran mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And so what they would, what happened is people went over to Jamaica and they asked, please, you know, you're, think of the motherland because they knew that Jamaicans were very patriotic mm -hmm. and think of the motherland and think of, because on their passports, it said Britain, it said England. I mean, it said British. So they didn't consider themselves separated. They just saw themselves as uh, a part of the tentacle that was the Commonwealth. So many Jamaicans went over on a ship called the Windrush, although there were other ships before it, but the Windrush was the most famous. And with the Windrush generation, there weren't just any and anybody. There were actually engineers or nurses. They had to have a technical aspect and quality that could actually let them come over to the UK. And it's funny because a lot of people came over to the UK and they were a little bit appalled at the condition of the education because just because the kids were so rigorously educated in Jamaica because again they were looking up to the motherland of England and assuming it was this really strong you know enforced education and so when they came over they were a bit disappointed but at the same time they were being told that they were they were uneducated and that they were uncouth mm. and this is not to say that anyone is uneducated no one is but just to say that the the bitter irony of you know um a, a highly qualified doctor or engineer being told that they were a savage or that they were uneducated I think was really hard for a lot of people because they thought they were going to be not welcomed with open arms but at least appreciated for the work that they were going to put into rebuilding England's economy and also for the loyalty because also Caribbean, West Indian, Jamaican servicemen and women they also lost their lives yeah. you know so it's it's hard because even in the history books it isn't written like I met someone who was in their 40s a well-educated person and they didn't know about the Windrush yeah. and it made me sad because a lot of people have a lot of resentment and even racism to black people because they think oh they just came to England on a jolly oh it's a new Iron Apple or Ibiza when really they came over to help build the country and they're not newly if you see 
a 20 year old a black person in England they didn't just come on the, the previous aeroplane they, their mother was there their grandmother was there in fact sometimes even their great-grandmother you know grandparents were there so it's, it's it's such a long legacy that people don't realize um you know exists so for me that was hard growing up because it people would always look at you as though you're an outsider when I had a grandparent who lived in England and had you know done so much for England I had a mother who done so much for England not to say that England hadn't done a lot for us also but you know there, there was this um it was just a difficult time because as much as you can feel you've, you've spoken, to, not spoken to people, as much as you can think you've broken through, you'll meet the uncle <laughs> who's absolutely terrible, or you'll meet the aunt who's absolutely terrible, or you meet someone who says, well, you know, you're not like them, they're a bit, but you're the nice one. And I always said, well, if I'm a good one, there must be hundreds of good ones, you know? So I, I think that was um, interesting. It was an interesting. Yeah, what I'm hearing here is like to be allowed to be the full spectrum of human beings, not to be all the spectrums of human beings that all human beings are allowed to be. So it's yeah. like, yeah, bad ones, good ones. Exactly. Like, and, and what? And what? Exactly. And I think what's hard as a black person yeah. is we're always seen as a group. You know, if someone does something wrong, it's, oh, he was a lone wolf. Oh, he was a bit troubled, a bit touched. <laughs> you know, something went awry. But with black people, it's always, oh, they are like this. Oh, yeah. and, and we're never seen as an individual. So when sometimes you get terms such as white privilege, I think that is a really bad term okay. because people associate it with with money or people associate it with power oh, yeah, sometimes yeah. you can just associate it with just being seen as a person an individual so i wouldn't actually i haven't thought of a good word other than white privilege and that was actually coined by a white sociologist it wasn't yeah. oh. um but um i wouldn't i wouldn't use the word white privilege because then it goes into wealth I yeah. would use the word you have white individuality or I don't know autonomy or yeah. something you have the, white individual yeah yeah you, you you have the opportunity to be seen as a person rather than this big clump of people and in that clump of people there are so many amazing amazing people like doctors and nurses frontline NHS workers because my mum also um worked worked before um Rona, she worked for the NHS as well as one of the um, frontline receptionists. Yeah, she had two jobs because she's hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> hardcore, mama. That's where you got your yeah. hardcoreness from. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward to, um, was it about five years ago or 10 years ago when the Windrush scandal? So, uh, uh, when yeah, and this, is, and, this is, and this is a nice segue into conservatism because. Um, I was working for the Conservative Party and a lot of people were like, how could you do that? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of traitor I'll, stuff, I'll be honest, isn't it? When you first told me that you were part <laughs> of the Young Conservatives, I was like, 
wait a second, that doesn't fit my image of what you were going to be like. Do you know what right? I mean? Like, it doesn't fit yeah. the image of what I was going to be like. <laughs> oh, but, so I, I just loved it. And then I was like, wow, okay. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to, to speak to you today as well. In addition to just all your, your unbelievably rich storytelling, I also wanted to have this perspective come in as well. So tell us more about this. So you're going to tell us kind of the, oh, the modern history of Windrush against the backdrop of your conservatism, right? Yeah, because when Windrush happens, when when the Windrush scandal happened, it happened because someone was allegedly, and this is all alleged, allegedly, to not get sued, <laughs> um, allegedly, it you know, records were being deleted because they were considered not important anymore or they were just being lost. And hello, if I am not going to delete my Nana's records, you know? So if they had someone who was Jamaican in that party, that person is not gonna sit there and say, okay, I'm just gonna delete my Nana's records. And this is why I think it's always important to have people of color or although there's a saying not all, kinfolk not all skin folk are kinfolk yeah. meaning someone can look like you but act in a way that's against you but if you had someone who was Jamaican there do you think that they would sit for one minute and delete the Nana's records no so can way I just, can I just give a little bit of background because I don't think people understand what happened here so let me oh, see if I understand yeah. what happened was that that Windrush generation those people who were encouraged to come over here during mm -hmm. the war that you described that your Nana came over during yeah they were given kind of open passage they had british passports and then there's no kind of there was no like massive immigration kind of because it wasn't immigration it was being welcomed from the commonwealth back into the commonwealth yeah there's not a paper trail left no there was a paper trail but the paper trail got disposed of allegedly okay so allegedly they were considered not then? they were considered not um they were not archived the way they should have been archived let's put it that way understood so then what then happened was that people were going to be sent back is that right yeah yeah because they, they didn't, didn't have, have a british passport and there was no yet, proof of yeah but yet they were 60 years old they had an nhs number they had given their their you know they'd given their pension money they'd given their taxes they'd given everything their blood sweat and tears because what had happened is the jamaican passport because i've seen my mum's really old one it had british written on it so when you come to england you're not going to change your british passport for a british passport you're going to keep it yeah. and a lot of these um um families they were here working hard, so they didn't have time to go back and forth. And when they went back and forth, it was still valid. I can't explain why exactly. And also, years ago, you could be put on your parents' passport. So there were a lot of kids that were put on their parents' Jamaican British passport, yeah. never travelled because they were so busy doing work and, and maybe they didn't like <laughs> maybe they didn't like aeroplanes, let's keep it honest. Because yeah, we're allowed to have the full spectrum of humanity. Right, yeah. like like when you have Americans who don't even have a passport because they're not they, they're interested in travelling. And um and because they were on their parents' passports and those documents and it wasn't considered valid anymore. So when basically when they went to renew their passport, um they were told, well, you're not really a, a person because we, we don't have record of you. The records were lost. They were archived wrong. And so this person 
even though they have they have their bank statements, they have their contributions for 60 years to England, they're told, oh, by the way, I think you should go back home. And it's crazy. You're here illegally or something like You're that. here illegally after 60 years of paying, um, you know, tax and everything, everything. Yeah. And so people can't, but, uh, and it was weird how it happened. So people would fly out and everything was fine when they flew out and the documents held up. And the minute they came back, they were told, actually, we've changed the, yeah, we've changed the, the you know, yeah, there's, there's something inherently wrong with all of that it's it's insane it's insane and it is it's heartbreaking because it's unnecessary yeah yeah and i think that and so i want to kind of seek into your your entry into politics here as well so you know i remember you when we were co communicating maybe two years ago about like why I was interested in you and can I interview you and you yeah. or like this is amazing how did you get into this you were like I was totally heartbroken and I really needed to I needed people like me to have a seat at the table I think that was your your work yeah well this is it, exactly it so what happens next but how how it actually happened is um there was a tv show it's gonna sound crazy but there's a tv show called challenge Annika do you remember it? Yes, I Challenge Annika and Challenge Annika. in England, sorry. <laughs> I liked her outfit. Yeah. And Challenge Annika was um, challenged to make a centre for young people. And the centre was called YCTV. And the head of the centre, like the person who challenged her, was Sabrina Guinness of the Guinness family. Okay. So Sabrina um, created a place called YCTV. And I think for Annika's challenge, she had some fix it up in a short amount of time, something like that. And I think that was to maybe to give it a boost of PR or something like that. So um, I went to this place called YCTV after I finished uni because I didn't know what I was going to do. And I wanted to do like youth work, like help out. Mm -hmm. And they had like this program for people who were, who were not sure what they wanted to do. Like you could go there and, because I, I was thinking maybe, um, a media slant because I'd always been interested in advertising and this segue is also into politics because um, for me I would actually consider myself politically agnostic and the reason why is because because of my interest in advertising I'm used to a lot of spin yeah I'm used to, so I, um, I don't trust anything, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, mm, I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and, and it also it helped me to be in the Conservative Party, but politically agnostic, even though my mum's like hardcore Labour, because it meant that I was more, why? Like I would, I would always ask why, you know? And getting back to Challenge Annika, I, so I was at YCTV, and it was a great place. It's a fab it was a fabulous place. And um, they did youth work and stuff with young people to get them into media. And one day David Cameron was going to come round. And this was bef way before he was elected. And there was a little young kid. <laughs> and um, I was, and they were like, oh, go on, Lisa, show me around. And I was like, no, nah, my mom's going to beat me if I show you. <laughs> it's conservative around. <laughs> and then, I mean, um, they were like, no, 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 just 
showing around, showing around, but showed him around, him and his people. And I started saying, um, asking them about their policies. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this, but you should do this. Like, like I knew anything about anything. And I said, well, I think you should do this. And I think you should incorporate this. And that would really help. And um, they left, but then they wrote back and they said, look, we're really inspired by the people that we met at the at YCTV, um, we would like to invite Lisa to come to speak at the conference about young people's issues. So I went to Bournemouth to speak at their party political conference and it was, I know it was wild. And um, so I spoke on the main stage and my mum, bless her heart, she sat and watched BBC, you know, you know, you have BBC online on Sky and she sat and she watched it over and over. I was like, mum, it's on repeat, you can, you can go make a cup of tea. They should sit there just waiting for me to come on because they would do, you know, the repeats around. I'm feeling her feelings right now. I've got, I've got tears in my eyes feeling <laughs> how, how proud she must have felt. I'm feeling like so proud of you right now. I think no, 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 but she, Merlin's challenging Merlin somehow. <laughs> but she was proud of me, but at the same time she was like, I hope the neighbours don't see. <laughs> It was conservative. Yeah, yeah, sure. but, yeah. And um, after that, and then I remember I left the conference and it was really nice. And then I was going to go back to the hotel and I just was like, you'll never be in this place ever, ever again. Go back out and you go mingle and you go gate crash. So I just went out and I just kind of gate crashed a few events. Cause you can just yeah. walk in when you've got your um, membership badge. And, um, and I just started talking to everyone and I followed up everyone um I wrote to so many people Hugo Swire um so many people and um it was just it was just amazing the feedback and this was before internet was really a big thing yeah so I, would, I would write I would write to a lot of people yeah and um they would and actually Hugo Swire one of the MPs actually wrote to me and, and thanked me for coming to the conference said I should try to carry on getting involved and it was just and I just thought yeah of course I will and there were so many I, I haven't mentioned them all but there were so many MPs and so many people that I reached out to and they reached out back to me and they were just so kind and they were just so generous with their time and then so I started going to the young conservative <laughs> the young conservatives because it just sounds so oh like not cool at all. Well, but no, it's I would, not cool, would, but it is kind of cool. But so I would go to the Young Conservatives um, Association yeah. because I'm the type of person, if I get a chance to enter a world I've never entered before, I want to see what it's really like. And, and and it wasn't in a disingenuous way. I was really interested. I was yeah. like, okay, then I'm here. Let me find out a new perspective. And so I'd go to them and I made friends and um, I was invited to more and more. And then I ended up being elected to the, as a social action officer for the conservatives, for the young conservatives. And um, I campaigned for Zach Goldsmith and so many different people. And it's funny now because all my friends from the conservatives are all MPs. So it's, it's, it's just strange, like I'll watch Question Time and I'll be like, I know you, I went down to the pub with you. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I was at a conference, it was like a, a retreat, a political retreat, and um, Daniel Hannan 
an MEP and he writes a lot as well for various different papers. He was there and he said, look, I'm looking for people to do, be my researcher. And you know what? I ran to his table and I was like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. And of course, I had to give him my CV and, you know, I had to have an interview. It wasn't just tick the box and go. But that's another thing about when people talk about positive discrimination. They always say, oh, you only got the job because you were black. How about I got it because I ran to that table and I was like, listen, I want to work for you because he gave a lecture and he was so inspiring. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is A, being in the right place at the right time, but B, being really into networking, but not in a yeah. disingenuous way, just yeah. because you really want to know people. And also just saying to yourself, you'll never be in this position again, what have I got to lose? And I'm gonna tell you, it wasn't easy being a black conservative, even if in the conservatives, because whilst people were very kind and very generous with their time, there were people who would be like, why is she here? You know, Literally just because of my skin color, why is she here? And then I remember I got an interview with the Financial Times and it was so funny because I was, it came out um, and I was at a friend's house and I left the friend's house in the morning and I was walking down the street and they lived in a really nice area and someone was reading at one of those open cafes, the Financial Times, and I was like, that's me on the front cover! <laughs> Because <laughs> I was on the mask, the masthead. Yeah. And um I was just and he was like, what? And then we went, I went into this lovely Indian corner shop and he let me sign a couple of financial times because he was like, yeah. So I was on the cover of the financial times, but not because they were like, oh, you're black, you'll do. But when I was interviewed for something else, no, they had a journalist come for something else, I was the one who's like, come on. Do you want to go down the pub with me? Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. that person yeah. who said, come on, let's do this. And that's why for me also it's frustrating because people will look at me and be like, oh, well, she ticked a box. But they don't realise I'm the type of person that will grab someone who's sitting in the corner and say, come on, let's go down the pub, not knowing that they're a journalist yeah. or not knowing that they're this person. And then when people find out who this person is after, that's when they pay that person attention. But I was always there paying them attention because that's the kind of person I am. So I think that I found hard when it was in the early days, <laughs> it's going to sound silly, the early days of the internet, but it wasn't like you know, um, the internet was what it is now. And so you'd get a lot of blogs and you'd get trolling under the blogs. And I would just be so hurt because trolling wasn't really known of, yeah. you know, when people write the, because, you know, people use the internet to find out stuff. They weren't really going on it for fun in that way. So when you went on a blog and I'd see people write stuff and then I'd see people defend me and it was really nice. And they would, they would say, actually, that time that I was lost, she helped me. And I was like, oh, I don't remember that time, but yeah, great. Thanks. And so I, I found it difficult because there were a lot of, um, daggers and arrows thrown at me and 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 weird stuff like for example um even showing what it's like to be a woman I remember I I sent in an interview I you know when they do interviews they'll send you the questions and then you'll write your response and I remember meeting the chap that wrote my that wanted to do the interview with me and who I sent the information to. And he was telling me everyone, and this was like 
the Carton Club or something like this, like somewhere really prestigious. Oh yeah, I had to edit so much of, you know. Uh, no, he said to me, oh, thank you for the interview, Lisa. You know, I did have to edit so much and, you know, I did have to polish it up to make it standard, you know, of the high spec. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I read the bloody interview and it was exactly the same that I'd written it, word for word, comma for comma. And I was just like, wow. Wow. And obviously, darling, I used high level words. So someone would look at that and say, oh, that high level word, oh, she couldn't have thought of that herself. You know, it must have been true that that guy did edit her work to make it to a high standard and I think this is what's hard the belittling and the um, patronizing and the lies like I know it sounds silly but in black culture if you lie it's a big thing because we just don't like liars we're really into loyalty and trust so if someone's a liar it's really not a good thing so I wasn't used to lies this is not to say black people don't lie but it's just what we call a bare-faced lie. That was a, bare <laughs> was a bare-faced lie. And I wasn't used to lies. I was used to people just being like, yeah, you're ugly and I don't care. You know, that kind of like bluntness, but I wasn't used to lies. That I found very difficult, being around people who were so strategic in um, the way they maneuvered themselves because they didn't see me as a person. They saw me as a potential block or barrier but however, when I say this, there were also utterly amazing people. So I cannot say this and say it as though I have an ax to grind or anything like that, because no, I met some amazing people at the same time. It's a plus and minus um, situation. And I'm, I'm just going to interrupt that because I don't think you need to qualify that. We can assume that there's good people there who, yeah. who, are, who are putting you on. But what you're describing there is something that perhaps I wouldn't experience. Mm. That you would experience differently. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important. And this is why I want, this is why I said there's many, many different ways to lead a life. And I want these stories out on the table so that, yeah. you know, I can hear them. Like my, my whole body is hijacked with, and bile right now um yeah i don't want to hijack your story but i've no, no, say reaction to that it's like wow because at, the, at, a, at a kind of at a, a gut level i know what you're telling me mm -hmm. and this it, i'm just going to jump back into your school life if you don't mind no no go for it i remember you telling me when we had a drink one night that you were put in the special class at school yeah Right? And, and, and then you went to university and stuff like that. And we had this conversation and we had quite a laugh about it. And I was kind of... And, and yeah, that was a lovely day. Thank you. Well, thank I really you enjoyed so myself. God, you were so... This is, this is why I wanted to interview you because like just the things that you said were just like... Like um, just that was a coaching taster day or something. And then we had a drink after. Yeah, that was an excellent coaching day, by the way. I thank recommend you. everyone to do it because that was fabulous. I really oh, had a good time. You. Thank you so much. But um, um, during that, so I'm just going to quickly give you, I'm just going to give you a bit of props there as well, because I remember somebody was who just kind of, I'm not going to mention a name, but yeah, who just transitioned out of the corporate world and into their own business was mm -hmm. saying, I need to see data. I need to see, I need to see this, 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 and this. And you said, actually, you'd, again, just in that amazing way, <laughs> that you said, oh, it's interesting because, you know, there's, there's research to show that in, in entre if you're an entrepreneur, 
you can be better if you ignore the data or it was something along those lines that had been research done in that and, and I was like what she said <laughs> I didn't know the research so then I was researching afterwards yeah but it was just like you brought so much richness into that conversation at that oh, point thank you. I appreciate and it that. was just so it like how can I say like every time I speak to you something like that happens it's like oh, oh no I'm happy and um and that was really useful for that person as well, because I don't know, so say for example, she was at, um, uh, let's say she worked at CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs another CrossFit place, right? Yeah. But like if you do the data research, it'll say there are enough gyms in Japan, yeah. right? But so you have to yeah. ignore the data and follow your entrepreneurial instincts. And I just thought that was really, and I love that when people bring things, like obviously other people were donating things into that space as well, but that just really struck me. Anyway, um, so we were talking that day and you said that when you'd been at school, you'd been put in the special class and I was like... Yeah, and I thought it was just me. And then there was, uh, what's his name? Akila or Akala, sorry, Akala, A-K-A-L-A. -A -A. And he spoke at the Oxford Students' Union and he's a rapper and super intelligent and insanely intelligent. And he was talking about how he was also put in the, the special ed and even though he then went on to go into this special and gifted program and then he spoke about how he was on his way to the special and gifted program and got stopped by police but anyway that's a side note but and and then I found out hold on, and then I, when I was looking around I was like hold on you know we go to a catholic school it was predominantly white but all the black kids were in the special eds class and when I went to the special eds class there was a teacher who wasn't familiar with me and when I started reading she thought I was like a little helper to assist the others because she couldn't believe that and even though they didn't need assistant either because she couldn't believe but what and what can happen and what can happen I find in the um and the liberal movement is you can be not racist but you can underestimate and that can be worse than racism because sometimes with racism people might have a fear of you and that shows that you have some sort of power or leverage not that that's a good thing either but i don't know which is worse to be to, to for someone not to like you because they feel a kind of fear or someone to feel sad for you because they feel like you're unequal and sometimes in the liberal movement what they'll do is they'll be like oh well you know black people probably have to go to the special needs class or the special education class so I'm saying it might not have been out of malice it might have been like oh well we assume that because they're black kids and maybe their parent even though the parent <laughs> my mum when she gets on the phone hello, <laughs> you know, can master the Queen's English like anyone else, even with South African kids, you know, or, or Indian kids, you know, they've got perfect mastery of the English from their parents' side. And then obviously, if you're born and bred in England, you've got, per well, <laughs> I try, <laughs> perfect English skills. But there was just this kind of, we, as we assume they must be not as intelligent, or not as, what they need from the parents at home. Yeah, they, the parents. They, always, they always assume something is lacking. And right. sometimes these kids are doing better than the kids that they're ignoring to assume that something's lacking. And sometimes something is lacking. But 
yeah that's that that was hard and I had the same thing with teachers I would my sister is obsessed with like fantasy fiction like dragons and you know before Game of Thrones she was always into like these books and as a child I'd pick these books up and I'd read them and you know they have a really high level of language and expression yeah. so I would incorporate that into my stories and I would have my mum come up to school because they would say oh um why is she cheating like yeah this she couldn't have written yeah and I used to well, love that the connects word. back to that and um, that guy who pretended that he'd corrected your stuff right that's exactly the same story exactly it's yeah. always Excuse well me. I just said the F word on the podcast. <laughs> it happens all the time. I'm sorry, but it just, no, it's anyway. Okay. And then it's like the word, um, I used to like the word ascertain and thus and all, you know, just silly stuff. And it wasn't even that amazing, but um, they, a lot of teachers just don't assume anything high of black kids. And this is a problem I noticed with my cousins because they would be put onto foundation papers and foundation papers is like a prison because once you get onto a foundation paper, you can never, you could get a hundred percent. You can never even so much as get a C, you know, it's like the worst. And so I would have to go up to my cousin's schools and be like, you know, while their mum was working and be like, what's going on <laughs> Like my uniform? <laughs> like as politely as possible and say to the teacher no you can't do this because my cousin's not stupid and then my cousin went on went on to work for Goldman bloody Sachs sorry Goldman Sachs oh you can swear it's fine but it's like seriously yeah you know and um and and this is what is difficult it's you can kill the word kill with kindness is really true as well okay so I think I think as people move forward, um, they need to realise that underestimating is as bad as fearing as well. Beautiful. How do you remain, so and again, like back to your optimism, how do you, how have you, I mean, it's not, I mean, I, I don't know what because my Because I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm blessed. Yes. Right. <laughs> really, and it's, and it's, you know, it's just, I can't, you know, I don't know. I'm just really grateful. I think it's being grateful of everything. And when I say this, it doesn't mean I'm always <laughs> going to catch you one oh, day. No, no. Like, ah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, I'm, we're alive. We're alive, yeah. you know? And um, it, it's, it's just one of these things. I used to go to a church that now is a bit controversial, but at the time I loved it because it was fun and funky and everyone was like in PR or MTV and it's a church called Hillsong and I remember at that church um they actually used to have it in the Dominion Theatre where they had We Will Rock You so they had <laughs> so it was like a it's like and they, they they kept that kind of performance level so it was like really like you know the, the pastor or the preacher wore jeans and a t-shirt and trainers like you know what you know the hipster church and um this girl was talking talking about how she was I think she might have been in Rwanda and her neighbours had turned on her everyone had turned and they you know fighting broke out and her classmates were knocking on the wall of her house saying come out come out we're gonna kill you and it was just and she was just talking normally and it's just mad to think of the things that people have gone through yeah and here I am you know 
even though you know everything in my life hasn't gone perfectly it it hasn't not gone perfectly do you know what i mean i'm alive I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm i feel blessed yeah and i think that's an important um aspect for me and also even with my kids i was told i can't have kids and yeah. i've got a severe condition called endometriosis and i i was on the really severe scale and um you know my oh, i love my doctor he's yeah. so lovely daniel goldsmith and um he, i was he he went through the whole journey with me and because he came into being a doctor when he was young and then I was young. So we kind of grew up together. And he said the sweetest thing to my um, husband, he said, take care of my sister. And it's really nice because he's Jewish and I'm Catholic, but he was still, you know, compassionate. Not that he wouldn't be, but there was still this. And that's what I like. I like when people are just like, you're a person and you're a person. And um, so my doctor would send me to um, some of the best specialists he really looked after me and they were like yeah well we're sad to say but you know you have to you might not be able to have kids and I even had an operation where they said that the um my <laughs> he said your ovaries no good let's just cut it off and I said no I wrote down you, and this goes into women and having to stand up for themselves I said no yeah. I wrote on my notes do not cut that ovary off and I could have been that ovary in my twin canal <laughs> you know and then um actually years later when I went to have kids and I actually ended up having my kids in the same hospital that I was born in um the doctor looked at my notes and smiled when he saw my little handwriting saying don't cut off the ovary and that was and this was the maternity nurse looking through my nose so it just goes to show as women we have to stand up for ourselves even if you go to the best specialist you have to really advocate for yourself and then going back to um not being told I couldn't have kids I kind of given up like I was on the floor sobbing I was like god why <sighs> and then I was just like I, I just couldn't, I just didn't feel like I knew how to get over that. And then one day I went to karate class because I didn't want to go before because I was worried if I was pregnant, something could happen to the child. Mm. But because of my condition, I would never know, my, my periods were all over the place. Yeah. So I wasn't able to know, you know, if I was pregnant or not. So I, I stopped going, I decided not to go. And then I decided, you know what, go. So I went to the karate class and <laughs> the, this was in China. And the guy said to me, um, why don't you have kids? You're married, right? And I was like, yeah, thanks. And yeah, cheers. <laughs> you know, the, the, the bluntness of, yeah. um, you know, Asian culture. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he just answered because blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, put your hands on your stomach, on your womb, and talk, to, how do you picture it? And I said, like a desert with camels. <laughs> and he was like, no, you silly woman. Picture it as green, fertile, and lush, you know? And you don't, don't ever say to your body something because your body's listening. And I said to my body, okay, it's green, fertile, and lush. And he said, it feels warm, right? And I'm not kidding you, it felt really warm. And um, he said, carry on thinking like that. So after that, I carried on thinking like that. I looked after my body. I ate the right things. I loved on my body. I did as much as I could. But I also said, you know, God, I give it to you. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. I walk on with my life. 
and then I got pregnant <laughs> with twins so it even just that taught me that you can never you can never give up and you can never say to yourself you can never just give up because what if I had given up you know what if I just said it's never gonna work you know and, and that's part of the optimism as well Oh, I love it. You know, my my word for next year is starting to surface, which is faith. Oh, I um, like it. Just having faith in what comes next, because, you know, this time of year with my own business and then the next year's coming, I often start to feel like, oh, my God, what's going on? And Laura right. is always like, Sarah, you get this every single year. And there's some changes I want to make next year. And I just have to have faith. I you just have, have to have faith. faith. Yeah. You just have to have faith because everything in our lives we we co-write we you know we everything that is even here we imagine how crazy it is uh, a thought and an action can make a family or a thought or an action can make a life a thought or an action can make you you sitting on the beach yeah. looking at the sunset yeah. you know so you never yeah. know where you're gonna be there's a really good story also and I think this is why um <laughs> one second sorry <laughs> it's okay <laughs> this is real life i'm gonna pause the recording that's fascinating yeah and i and i think also one of the things that was really um something that was pivotal growing up there used to be a track uh, a person it's not the pc term but there used to be um in an area that I used to go to, there was a, what we used to call a tramp. I don't know if you used to have one. Person. A homeless person yeah. called Fred. And this is actually, you can look it up. He was called Fred. And he used to be like a proper homeless person. He used to have plastic bags on his feet. Yeah. He yeah. used to, you know, he didn't, he didn't, did he drink? I can't remember if he drank, but he was just, he had his little section and everything like that in like the, the greenery and he didn't trouble anyone so everyone spoke to him and they're like you're right Fred you're right people would buy him a cup of tea well anyway someone started talking to him and they were like Fred why are you homeless and he said you know I had a divorce and I went into depression and then I lost my job and then the guy just started talking to him more and more and more and he said to him you know let me find out any information I can to help you. Turns out that I think it was in Grenada or Trinidad and Tobago, he had, Fred had family and the family had land and Fred had all this inheritance that he didn't even, and this is honest to God's true story. I'll send you the link after. He had, he had um, land that he didn't even realize. So when this um, really nice, I think it was a shopkeeper that just had an interest in him managed to get a solicitor involved and the solicitor found out that Fred had an inheritance and he ended up going literally from rags to riches and I grew up knowing Fred and I grew up knowing that story so I think it kind of you know subliminally yeah. all these these stories of my mum and the train and Fred and it just made me realize that you never know where you are in life because anything can change. Imagine if, God forbid, Fred had given up in the worst way. So again, that's another reason why I always say to people, you never know where you, because even just, like my kids are four, so even five years ago, no, I wouldn't say five, because they were still cooking, <laughs> six <laughs> years ago. Yeah. You know, if you had said to me, 
I was going to have twin boys, I would say that's such a cruel thing to say. That is right. the worst thing you could say. That's so mean. How yeah. dare you say such a thing? Like, yeah. I'm always smiling, but that would have made me actually really angry. Yeah, and, and now look now. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. And this is such a nice way to finish this, which I think I'm going to call part one because... Yeah, I'd love to do part two. I'd love to do two because we haven't even touched on your work with the football team, your time in China, the yeah. TV star in Japan. I mean... Oh, darling. <laughs> and like the, 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 and the twins and the trials and tribulations yeah. that you've had around them. And um, I, I mean, like, anyway that the I know that there's been some health issues there and stuff like that um which is all very you know part of this you know there's that um there's that saying isn't there life's rich pageant or life's uh, rich tapestry it's all part yeah, of life's rich tapestry and, yeah and um, you mentioned the word pageant earlier and also that you were you were a finalist in Miss Jamaica which is also Miss Jamaica UK the UK Miss version UK. because I'm a British passport holder so I couldn't do Jamaica sure so yeah. I uh, Miss Jamaica UK uh, forgive my error no it's okay <laughs> there's so many i get so excited and i forget all the details but um yeah so i i just um yeah i really would love to do a part two with you where we yeah i would absolutely love that oh yeah let's do that that next year then let's do that next year and um but i i just i mean this this i love how um how much richness you bring to my table every time I'm with you. Oh, I really appreciate that. (laughs) Tell my husband that. (laughs) Well, that's a different story altogether. (laughs) I'm joking. Marriage is the one thing. Um, (laughs) Because I just get so used to it, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a a whole other story. He's um, lovely. He's lovely. I know. I know. But we're we're with each other twenty four seven at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And and also, and just on that note, you have you have two boys who are four. So I'm sure that about eighty percent of your time is in processes: brush teeth, feed people, change nappies. Yeah, and I forgot. And I forgot to mention that they're little models as well. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uniqlo. I think it's great. So yeah, and I, so I and I. This is this is a really this is a really selfish um point. But I was really upset about. I was really annoyed at the Rona because not only had so many amazing people lost their lives, yeah. my mum couldn't come over to visit, and she was supposed to come over for uh, an anniversary and um, Christmas, and also the kids had their de- debut in every Uniglo all over the world. And no one could see it. So that's a shame. I saw it. Oh, I'm so glad you saw it. I saw and it. And the nice story about that is before I was told I could have I couldn't have kids, I used to I, I used to have to avoid bumper care and places like that because it was too traumatic. And then to go from that to see your child literally on a billboard inside the shop was one of the most amazing things that have ever happened. And um yeah. Um, yeah. So it just goes to show. <laughs> but it just goes to show you never know in life. You really don't know. You really don't know. No, you really don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, that I've just I've just realised the power and witness of that story. I've just got goosebumps on my body as it settled in. <laughs> that sense of like seeing them up there. 
yeah that would have felt like you would have turned away from that building. yeah literally yeah literally it was the hardest thing before so I just stood in uni glare and just like really ugly cried like <laughs> people must have thought I was mad luckily I had my mask on I was good I had my mask on I was just like thanks COVID no I'm just kidding oh no and I had to duck out because oh. I was too yeah because this was the height of COVID but I had to yeah. see my little ends Amazing. so yeah and and also I want to thank you for um doing what you do because um to the world you're one person but to one person you're the world and everything you do it inspires other people so you just have to keep pushing on thanks um I, I really appreciate that and I think that's a beautiful beautiful way to end for now and that message that you just said there goes on for for anybody who's listening here thank you also for for sharing so openly your story of the 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 pain of not being able to have children the the diagnosis of endometriosis the 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 incredible joy of having your twins too um there's two other shows that address this kind of issues too so jessica quarterman um, talks very candidly about uh, miscarriage mm. and then um maya Ileto talks very very openly about infertility mm. and um going through infertility treatment while at the same time losing her mother and losing control of her body mm. and then regaining it through her business so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of very generous stories out there to, to listen to about this stuff. And I thank each and every one of you for sharing those, those stories of um, the, de the many different ways to approach motherhood and mothering and our bodies and, and just the, the miracle of being a human. And I cannot thank you enough, Lisa. This has been, again, just- No, thank absolutely. you. It's actually been enjoyable. Do you know what? I was nervous before, but I really Me enjoyed too. it. <laughs> I'm always and finally, finally, I know. Oh, that's right. It's got the fourth attempt. But this, you know, these things happen, and that's what. Yeah, know. I've got a new phone thanks to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, husband, I need a new phone. <laughs> Zoom killed your phone. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I just can't thank you enough. It's been an absolute joy, and just so many things that I learned today about the 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 history of my home home of birth. Um, and also, uh, and especially Liverpool as well. Liverpool was, yeah, yeah. I actually went to the Slavery Museum in Liverpool. It's on the docks. That was really. I've done tough. there as well. Yeah. It, it was tough for you. It was really tough because, um, you know what's the funny thing in the English curriculum when you don't really learn it, it's kind of danced over. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally just a page, so it's just glanced over. So if you missed that day at school, you missed it. But again, um, even just talking about slavery, it's not a case of people were slaves, but also they were mentally enslaved as well. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of baggage that people have to overcome with that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so thanks to Liverpool for for being, I think it's the only place, I think it's one of the only places in the world that's actually got one. A slavery museum. Yeah. It's, yeah. Hot, but it's worth noting as well, the liberal in me is going, 
Yeah, but it's about a tenth of the size of the Beatles Museum. So there's that. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yes, that, that is a good point. Yeah. But, but so, oh, speaking of the Beatles, I just wanted to add this because um, I love Liverpool and Liverpudlians. The Beatles were actually one of the only artists yes. to say they would not perform in front of a segregated um, audience. So shout out to the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Beatles. Yeah, shout out to the Beatles for me as well for making the place that I come from the most famous place on the planet, I think. I've never been anywhere where nobody... But you know, but it's fabulous. Liverpool is fabulous. Yeah. You know, before I went to Liverpool, people were saying, how can you let your kid go to Liverpool? She's going to, you know, this, that and the other. Oh, it had a really bad reputation back then, didn't it, for being... Oh, my God. Do you know Liverpool? But the people were just so beautiful. Yeah. Like obviously they were tough as males, so you wouldn't cross them, and that's where the bad reputation comes from. Because they're so nice, like my mum, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. cross my mum. <laughs> yeah. Because that you know, and I think that's where they're not they're not in the middle, people. Yeah. So when they do get upset, they do get upset. Yeah. But they are so beautiful. They're amazing. They're kind, and they're really friendly. And there's that Irish connection there as well, of course. Yeah. So yeah. that would have been that kind of yeah thing there too. Yeah. Great. So I'm mindful of your time and um, I, I don't know, I don't want it to stop. <laughs> I can sit <laughs> all day and it just gets too long and long and long and I know your boys yeah. are, um, are calling you in there. And um, so I, I would love to know the takeaways that people have from this one. I mean, for me, it's that wild, wild optimism, really understanding, peeling back the layers of um, of my home country and the Commonwealth and all that that means and we haven't even mentioned the word racism we didn't even yeah. say the word but we're just i'm gonna say it now that we peeled back the layers of racism and the many many shades of of how it comes through whether it be somebody pretending that they're they've 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 adjusted your paper or whether you get put in the the the, the special class at school yeah um all these are oh, many many <sighs> And I think I think also this is good time. I think also this is timely because of the the Sainsbury's debacle. Did you hear about in Sainsbury's? They had an advert with a black family in it, and people lost their mind. They absolutely lost their mind, and it's so embarrassing because of the way they acted, but also because someone from America was the one who told me about this. So you, and 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 it and it's important because sometimes we think these things have gone away yeah no but they haven't an advert that has a black family in it for Sainsbury's hello my mum's been shopping there for 50 odd years um you know it goes to show that the things that are hidden in the darkness do come to light and we think that people are lovey-lovey and kind and kind but at the end of the day they still have these strange upsetting feelings I and I yeah, I am disgusted by that. It's, you I know am what? Disgusted. And when you watch the advert, it's literally, it's not even, you know, I thought, I heard all the fuss and I thought, oh, it's, oh, it's going to be one of those annoying ones. And it was literally just a family having dinner and laughing and joking. And then they slapped on the word Sainsbury's. So you wouldn't have even known if you were watching it that it was an advert. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't so oh look la 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 you know it wasn't nauseating it was just a family having dinner and they happened to be black 
and and then you know the funny story is I actually had a trilogy of these adverts where they also showed a white family as well but on YouTube when you go to the one for the black family they had to turn the comments off because people were writing such disgusting things and it's just really sad it's it is sad it's kind of like what is that you know like a, a bungee you think you're going forward and then you get pulled back again yeah. right <laughs> yeah so i think going forward um everyone who watches just has to be mindful that you might think that there isn't this underbelly of... or that we're talking about something from the past when you were yeah, exactly. in the 90s or 80s or back yeah. in the day before slavery was abolished or you don't know live and well exactly and it's not well. even and also and i think um i would also always say never get stuck on slavery even though that's the worst horrific thing but do you get stuck on segregation do you get and when i say this i'm not belittling slavery ever I oh no i think it's it. but i yeah. would say because people do this 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 mind mental arithmetic and they think oh slavery was many years ago and the byzantium so i heard someone say we're the byzantium empire <laughs> the ottoman empire you know and they do this mental arithmetic um, mental gymnastics to but no, get stuck on the fact that there's a little girl called um, Ruby Bridges, I think it is, and she couldn't go to school in the 1950s. Like she's 50 years or 60 years old. And you know, their grand, your, that person's grandparents could go to school, but when she went to school, people were spitting at her and um, it was just horrific. And all about Mr. and Mrs. Loving, which is such a good name. And it was in the 70s that they were that they were able to get married because it was outlawed. So they would be watching Star Trek. And also you could be watching Star Trek and people would be getting lynched outside. So it's not even just to say, just focus on slavery, although that is utterly important, is to realize what is lynching what is the BNP? What is Stormfront? What are all these organisations that still exist today? And what is no dogs, no blacks, no Irish? And I think it's important for kids to know that side of history rather than just a history that's so long ago that they have no empathy for. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's a unique position that you and I are in to watch this all happening from Japan as well. It gives a very interesting perspective to be outside your country home country be outside your country because it's it's so tiny right so and also tiny. what gets picked up like imagine an american saying to, an american saying to you in japan that what is the same race <laughs> because they have this thing and it's just like it's embarrassing isn't it i think it well yeah, it is embarrassing and it's like i think this is one of the 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 points we, we had a kind of good one of those like humorous because we both have a lot of humor we can both like we there's a lot of humor in our emotional yeah. it was like when we had a drink together and you were like they don't mean any malice when they put you in the special school they just there's this <laughs> thing there, blah 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 and i said yeah i know that there's an there's a name for that and you went what is it and i went it's racism <laughs> and we had a really good giggle about it that's basically it's like what is this sainsbury's advert and we can go oh yeah blah, blah, blah. it's like oh yeah racism 
that's yeah totally. and um totally. and wow i mean wow um but yeah. I, I i just wanted to say that the problem with racism is because it's been used so often yes the edge of it it's like a knife and it's been dulled yeah so when you finally do say racism people are like oh racism yeah but and it kind get... of sucks the oxygen out of the room yes i understand i understand that and i don't care because yeah that's the best because we didn't we didn't we didn't go into this interview talking about that yeah i just let i just let you tell the stories and then by the end i understand that we haven't even named that name so throughout but it's there it's like a heavy like story, it's like a heavy cloud isn't it it's like yeah. a heavy cloud but every story you have told has and this is why i love storytelling and stories so much is that it's sharpened the knife so that by the time i came to say the word it was it, it it it's it's the right word it's the exactly. fitting word and i'm not I'm, exactly I'm, it's not jargon it's not exactly you know i'm not going to dress it up in the you know as you've invited me not to use the word white privilege and things like that it's not dressed up but it has got it has been given this this um very rich backstory that's the word i can feel from this yeah i like that the richness to it that then means that um that the it feels like the right way to to kind of wrap this up i don't want that to be the focus because i think your rich incredible story should be the focus and that kind of no 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 i don't mind i don't mind whatever takeaway i'm not scared of the word racism no, and i'm also i'm not scared of um anything else i like the fact that we were able to show how something whichever word you want to use can affect someone's life and how it can sneak in it's like sneaky isn't it yeah it just sneaks in there and you, you really you don't go looking for it it comes looking for you yeah so actually i think it's important because sometimes i think sometimes people can hear this word racism yeah and they don't understand what it is until they break it down and they're like oh my god yeah that totally happened or that totally happened to my friend or oh that's what it was that uncomfortable feeling that i had that's what it was so I, I i'm not shy about the topic at all and i'm glad that we approached it in such a sensitive way uh, to be honest with you that wasn't deliberate because the reason is because i'm fascinated by you <laughs> that's, that's why i invite people to to be on this this um this show and have these conversations with me is because i'm fascinated by them if they pique my interest or if laura says to me as well like oh i'd really love to hear from her or something like that yeah. and i'm i'm like oh, oh please tell laura thank you as well, <laughs> <laughs> well the drama no, you, were, you were my pick you've always been my pick mm -hmm. um and she was like oh that'd be interesting but um uh, so you know it's 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 you but it's just it all came out onto the table and then just at the very end I realized oh we haven't even mentioned that word and that's yeah. what we're talking about here and the many layers and the history of it and um slavery is such a massive piece of that I mean Liverpool yeah. holds an awful lot of pain excuse me <coughs> wow that must have really hit me hard that and and also what I was surprised at was how diverse Liverpool is, yes. but at the same, but at the same time, how how much the history can hold people back that are there. So, for example, I had a friend <coughs> I went to meeting with, and she lived in Toxteth, and but she was on the border, and so she would have if she applied for a job, she would have to use her next door neighbour's 
postcode because yeah. otherwise she would never get a reply and I never knew about things like that you know and so for me and this was a white lady so it, it you can get you can get trapped in a history that's not your own or you can get trapped in a situation because of history and it's 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 a difficult one but I just really want to stand up for the people of Liverpool and just say that they're amazing <laughs> I just have to if I get out something <laughs> because they were, they were just really they were good people like really I've got a lot of time <laughs> I learned that from there got a lot of time got a lot of time for people in Liverpool it was it was it was yeah the best days it really was Brilliant. And my mum actually said when I came to London that I lost my Liverpool smile because I would come up to um, London and um, to visit, well, to visit and get fed <laughs> when I was at uni. And, um, and I would be like, hiya! Yeah. <laughs> I was Hello. Yeah, I was used to it. And then a bus driver turned around to me and went, hmm. And I was like, oh, 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 I'm back, <laughs> you know? And my mum was really angry. She said, you lost your Liverpool smile. And it's funny because my mum would say, my mum would save up to come to Liverpool because she was like, no, I look, I've got to look really good because the girls look really good there, right? So yeah. my mum would save up so she could get a nice glad rags. <laughs> glad rags. <laughs> to just go to the shopping centre because Liverpool, the girls, re they really, you know, they really made sure they looked good. So right. that was another thing for mum. She loved it. I think she's sad that I didn't marry a builder in Liverpool because <laughs> she always wanted me to marry a builder so, she, so I could fix her house. And she always, it's like they've got loads of disposable cash. And then she really loved Liverpool. So, but yeah. she's happy that I'm in Japan and she's happy that, um, you know, I, I go back and forth all the time and she's happy that the world has led me to this strange and mysterious place yeah yeah well to be continued lisa and yeah, we've talked about that, our, both of our experiences in japan and mixed marriage and all that kind of yeah. stuff our next conversation i'll get you in for next year and um oh my god yeah 2020 no 2021 2021 2021 when the aliens are coming <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> well apparently that's the only thing they've got like a bingo card on the internet a meme and and the aliens are, are the one that hasn't come yet so yeah who knows <laughs> oh by the way you can't you couldn't see this because i but we both got <laughs> and here's my other cushion as well what i'd represent <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're both representing there all right so thank you everybody for listening thank, thank you so, so much lisa. lisa where can we find you do you have any you can you can find me on my instagram it's two the number two yep. posh to push two posh two push yeah and you can also um find me on if you look up nhk i know that nhk is shown um internationally and um because i was in london when i first saw the show that i am on now called cool japan and you can just look up because they have many repeats and i'm on yeah. often yeah and so you'll see NHK, me there 
NHA Cool Japan, and I'm sure there's YouTube videos and everything out there as well on the NHK uh, feed. So again, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you so Go much. Follow her, give us some love, find out more, um, watch Cool Japan. And remember everybody, there are many, many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them. And thank you for this unbelievably rich story today. I'm absolutely thank delighted you. to have hosted you finally. And bye everyone. Thank bye. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this latest legend on the Sarah Furuya Legends podcast. Hop over to sarahfuruya.com where you can find the full complement of uh, Legends interviews and conversations. Also, you can like and subscribe over on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. I absolutely love these interviews and these conversations I have with these people. I don't care about subscribers, if I'm absolutely honest. It just helps to get more people over to listen to these fantastic people. I cannot wait for my next interview. I really hope you can get stuck in and find some juice and some delightful little nugget of knowledge or encouragement from these that will help you to create your story and to take your story forward and to weave and dream up and high dream your own story. Buoyed up by the stories of these people, I would call them ordinary, they're not, but these people, these beautiful legends who I've selected to help you on your way and to help me on my way. So please enjoy, share, subscribe. My Facebook page is Sarah Furuya Coaching. My Instagram page is at Sarah Furuya Coaching too. So get into it. Thanks. Bye.